Hey everybody, welcome to the Cast, sponsored by Jolly Good Soda. I'm your host, Charlie Behrens. The Cast is an interview podcast where I talk to people for and or from the Midwest and or anyone else I really feel like talking to. Thank you all for listening. Here's today's episode. All right, welcome everybody to the Cast. Uh, how's everyone doing this week? We feeling good? Boy, um... Uh, let's see here. What's new in Charlie's world? Well, first of all, Charlie, why don't you give people a little insight on today's guest? My guest today is Jim Carney, uh, or as I know him uh, mostly as Mr. Carney, who's my high school English teacher. And the class that uh, he taught in high school uh, had probably the biggest, if not one of the biggest impacts on me of any class I've ever taken. And uh, the class was called American Hero. And it was all about this book by Joseph Campbell, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. Now, if you're sitting there saying, that sounds boring, Charlie, that sounds boring. Okay, that's what I was saying on the first day of that class uh, as well. But then um, as I got into it and, and Mr. Carney started teaching about it, it was fascinating to see how this book, Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell, which goes through the hero cycle, which is basically just what we are all going through at every different phase of our life, um, just finding challenges, going into like some sort of underworld, if you will, but that's just like the the challenging thing in front of us and coming out a changed person and therefore able to change the world. That's really the the undertone of that book. And we see it in all sorts of mythology, but also modern works like um, Star Wars was based uh, pretty much 100% off Joseph Campbell. I wrote a paper uh, in high school about uh, The Sopranos and how, how that was based off of it. Really, any um, book, any narrative, uh, any movie, any poem in a lot of ways, uh, songs even in in the Western world are, are sort of based on this concept. So anyway, I thought the class was very transformative and I thought Mr. Carney was very transformative to me. So I wanted to bring him on the podcast and sort of hear his his thoughts and have him teach, uh, you know, you guys some of the things that he taught me and, and also just kind of chit chat about life, you know, what it's like uh, being a retired teacher and, and all that. So I, I had a very fun time. We had a, we had a beer over at his place uh, in Milwaukee and just, uh, yeah, just chit chatted. Um, so anyway, that, uh, that is the synopsis, the very not so brief synopsis about uh, the podcast. I'm sitting here looking at Colleen, who's Colleen, how's it going? over there come on hop on the mic for a second you're being uh shy today how's it going in cripes cast world today i would be a little bit less shy say if i had a microphone <laughs> okay why don't you you have to now come define uh why we don't have a microphone it's not because i took your microphone away is it uh no 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 uh we just did this interview well you did this interview and then as it as it happens we just kind of lost track of the microphones yeah. We are very unorganized here at uh, Cripes Inc. Uh, so this is really the problem, Colleen, is that I go on the road. I'm like, oh, I'll just bring the mics, you know, because I might do a podcast. And then I leave the microphone cords at various hotels across the nation. Is that what happened? You left the microphone cord somewhere? Well, I, I can only assume okay. it's not here. Okay. Good to know. No, it's fine. It's it's cool. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll order some more. 
it's fine. No, no. Okay, so um, well, don't worry. I'll I'll pay for it. Okay, emotionally, <laughs> right now by looking at your disappointment yeah. in me. Um. Yeah. So cool that we don't have an extra microphone today. It's fine. But we're making do. See, look at this. Two two people, one mic. So what what else uh, should we let the, the people pain, know? Before? You can you can pay for my chiropractor appointments because I'm literally hunched over trying to get into this microphone. Hmm. This sounds like a you uh, being a high school athlete problem, honestly. What else should we tell the people, uh, the fine listeners of the Cast, before we uh, get to my conversation with Jim? We got um, new tickets announced. Things are being updated every day. And you're also going to London. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, going to London. Yes, the Packers are playing in London, ladies and gentlemen. We have not announced that yet, but now we are announcing it. I was not anticipating announcing that yet, but Colleen, uh, thank you. But no, we don't need to cut it. Actually, I kind of like that. I, I really do say a lot of the shows and stuff that we're doing on the Cripes cast first. So tell your friends if they want the deep insight to like and follow the Cripes cast and all that. Speaking of podcasts, got a new podcast with uh, Oh You Betcha guy, Miles. My buddy Miles. We got a podcast called Bellied Up. Uh, it's on everywhere you can get podcasts too. Enough chit-chat, Charlie. Uh, thank you, Colleen, for all your hard work and dedication to the Cripes cast. That's Colleen Maraca, ladies and gentlemen, executive producer of the Cripes cast. She's a very talented human being. All right, enough of all this. Thank you all for listening. I do appreciate it. And now, here is my conversation with Jim Carney. Jim, or uh, as I'm most accustomed to calling you, Mr. Carney, thank you for uh, uh, doing this interview. You are the first teacher that I've ever had that I'm interviewing for the Cripes cast. And uh, the reason is because I feel like the stuff I learned in your class has been uh, among the most instrumental stuff I've learned. Um, and especially as it pertains to, you know, the writing or whatever I've done in the entertainment industry, but also just life. And and I kind of want to start off with this and then we'll get to kind of your backstory. But Hero with a Thousand Faces, when I was sitting in your class in high school, you said this is going to be the most important book you ever read. <laughs> next to the bible and then i'm not sure if you said this this may uh top it from a time time or two or not but maybe i put that in there but why was it that hero with a thousand faces was such an important book to teach your students well uh i was introduced to that book in grad school by a prof named joseph de falco and uh, he was just a great teacher and uh, I took uh, immediately. I mean, I hadn't read the book. He showed the cosmogonic cycle, but he didn't, we didn't read the book. But I got a hold of it as soon as I could and read it. And, of course, you don't read it once. So I read it, you know, it was several times. And I thought that it was a terrific thing to teach because the story of the hero is a story of a person's life. And uh, basically, that's what you learn from is, you know, how to live. It's, you know, it's just fantastic. I mean, the way it works out. I mean, I live by it all the time. I mean, it's, it's just with me every minute of every single day. 
And uh, I figure that they can do the same for kids, you know, in terms of classes and stuff like that. So, I mean, I've had so many kids come back and talk about that book, you know. It's just... He was an intelligent man. Of course, we're talking about Joseph Campbell here, but uh, what a brilliant man he was. And he worked this out pretty much by himself. Yeah. So if you could... uh... If you could give a brief synopsis of the hero cycle, just so people, and I know, uh, you know, you, you made a whole class on this, so it's really not fair to ask you to do it in a podcast. Yeah, but. Pretty much a class and a half, but uh, <laughs> it uh, deals, of course, with, you know, you, you think about the stories you've read. I mean, the good stories you've read. And it deals with a hero. Uh, does, the gender doesn't matter. And uh, begins the journey. Uh, a herald calls the hero on a journey, and it's you know, generally it's um, something like a uh, person gets scared, person gets lured, you know, person's bored, whatever it is, but uh, begins to move, and eventually uh, runs into a guide figure generally the same gender as the person and we all know you know people in our lives who have been guide figures for us and eventually uh has to deal with a monster and generally that monster is a father figure well that makes sense you know we all deal with you know getting away from the father you know getting away from the father's heavy hand you might say you know and once that's done, then the journey really begins. And you have all these adventures, all these temptations. You've got to overcome the adventures, resist the temptations. Eventually, uh, you meet somebody, you know, a prince or a princess who uh, really influences you. It, it could be a love situation. It doesn't have to be, you know. Um Various things happen in that what they call what he calls the underworld journey until uh, you get back to having to deal with the father again. And then you break through into the upper world and, and, and you're a changed person. But <laughs> thing is, it starts all over. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you spend your life doing these journeys you know and i mean they can be small within a, a, a the range of work or something like that or they can be major like really traveling someplace you know that kind of thing so whatever it is it's it's an adventure yeah and i think what uh got me um you know interested in this too is you started pointing out all these examples of like you know books that we've read obviously we've read a bunch in the class but also movies i mean thinking right now of star wars wasn't star wars didn't no. george lucas use this model to the t he did he did he was completely influenced by joseph campbell and uh in fact he and campbell sat down and watched the first three movies episodes four five and six one weekend and talked about them you know as they watched them <laughs> so <laughs> And so when when you were, um, you know, coming up with uh, classes to to put together on this, did you um, 
know right away? Was this like the first class you put together? Or did you have to ease your way in? Did did, did before you sort of developed your own uh, English class? No, I was teaching um, for eight years before I was exposed to this, and um, it just changed everything. I mean, you know, I was pretty much a regular teacher, I guess, up to that point, and then that just changed everything I did. I mean, I used it in virtually every class, except maybe writing classes, but uh, I used it in everything. And, of course, based the one class, the American Hero, on it, you know, entirely. Yeah. So... It was a, it was kind of a bolt of lightning reading that book. Yeah, yeah. I, as soon as I read it, I couldn't help, uh, you know, uh, obviously applying it to everything I was watching. And at the end, you had us write a uh, paper on any piece of um, literature or a movie or whatever we could choose. So of course, I did uh, uh, season four of uh, the Sopranos. The Jackie Jr. anti-hero story. And uh, for all you Sopranos fans out there, you're you're just going to love that. Um, but yeah, and uh, I actually, not to brag, but you gave me an A on that. So thank you for that. <laughs> okay. I do appreciate it. Uh, I, was a big, I was a big Sopranos fan myself. <laughs> yeah, okay. Was that it? In fact, I've got all of the DVDs downstairs. Oh, do you? Yes. Yeah. Have you rewatched them? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. is my brother, uh, Andy, who you know you guys have worked together. Is that where he got that rewatching them? From I you? don't know. He did a rewatching party. Actually. We haven't talked about it, but you guys uh, haven't talked about the Sopranos yet, you and Andy. No, we haven't. But I guess we're going to now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't come up in um, book we were, club or something. We were just communicating today, and he said he was probably going to come over. So. Well, maybe there you guys go. will have to have start something. from season one. Yeah, something to them. talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I did get an A on that paper, but I'm not trying to brag here because uh, the rest of the papers didn't do so hot on. But you wrote this at the end of a lot of my papers. It just said, so what? And I think in addition to Joseph Campbell and Hero with a Thousand Faces and the Cycle of the Hero, those two words... Uh, did quite a bit for me in sort of a creative uh, process, but I'll let you explain why you put the right. so what. It sounds like a sarcastic comment. Yeah, and it sounds hurtful. Yes, and, it does. <laughs> uh, you know, and it could uh, really set someone off on the wrong path. It you know? could, it could. <laughs> this but, is our atonement right now. But, I and I uh, explained what it meant during the class i probably wasn't paying attention <laughs> that's my fault but every piece of literature has something to say to us so we were dealing with a very narrow we were writing through two and three page papers dealing with a very narrow aspect of a novel or a movie or something like that and the last paragraph was supposed to basically tell what it meant to us. What it meant to us as human beings. What did we learn from it? And that's what the so what was. 
what do you learn from it? And you know, a lot of kids just left that off. Yeah, you write this whole thing yeah. about what it is and you map it out. But then it's, uh, so how can I digest this today? Yeah. So what about today? What does it mean to me? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. As opposed to simply writing a paper that recaps the, the paper you just wrote. <laughs> no, but I, I do think that is incredibly important because I, I think about it today when I'm like making a uh, TikTok or, and by the way, on TikTok, there are a lot of things that you finish watching and you're like, so what, you know? Um, but like, whether it's just, if the point is, it's just a joke video or the point is that it's, it's a series of videos that says this underlying thing about a place or a culture or whatever, it's like, what is the so what in your life? You know, and to constantly ask yourself that question, I think keeps you on the right track so as annoying as it was uh seeing so what so many so many times <laughs> i do appreciate it so thank you yeah you're welcome uh let's get into your backstory and and sort of your journey where uh, are you from well i grew up on the iron range in northern minnesota i was born in hibbing bob dylan's hometown uh, he was born in Duluth a year before I was born in Hibbing. But we lived in Coleraine, where my dad was a teacher. And he was an English teacher. So, that was something I was not going to do. <laughs> you weren't going to follow in his footsteps, No, huh? no, no. I went to college to be a veterinarian. And it took me a year and a half to realize that I hated chemistry and I hated physics. <laughs> so I thought, what am I going to do? So I thought, well, I'll take English and I better take teaching credits till I figure out what I'm going to do with the degree, but I'm <laughs> not going to teach. And I took this idea to my advisor, and he thought it was not a good idea. He thought I should go into biology. Mm -hmm. So he had me take an interest test and uh, came out dead even. But the one thing he said was remarkable about the test, he said, you scored so low in mechanical interest, you got to hate to take the top off your toothpaste. <laughs> And that was about right. <laughs> so I pursued the English major. And uh, senior year, second semester senior year, I did my student teaching. And I was hooked. That was the way I was heading them whole life. And I was just fighting it, you know. And uh, I've never looked back on that. I never once wanted to do something else. So I taught in southern Minnesota for a couple of years. My grades in college were horrible. I thought I had a 2.1, but uh, when I started substituting at Divine Savior, they made me turn into transcript. It actually was a 2.6. So I thought, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Improved over the years. But in that, <clears throat> actually, uh, I was at Washington High School for four years, which really was a good experience. But I didn't like the administration, so I moved to university school. 
And I was there for nine years. And uh, I was thinking the whole time about going back to Minnesota. And my wife and I are both from Minnesota, so we were both thinking about doing that. And they did something up there that was just heinous. Uh, the actor, Mark Rylance, his real name is Mark Waters, his dad was the head of the English department. And politics removed him from that place, and they brought in somebody else, and David, the old department chair, stuck around to help this guy, and he didn't want any help. He was a zero. So by the end of the second semester, David got a little surly with him. And at the end of the year, this guy called David in and fired him, knowing full well he had four other job offers. Uh -huh. That afternoon, I was down in the locker room getting ready for track practice, and by chance, Jim, I think somebody's been looking out for me my whole life. I really do. <laughs> by chance, Jim Wilkinson, who was going to Marquette High, was getting ready for baseball, and I asked him, are there any openings in Marquette? And he's in English, he said, there are. So I applied that night. Still thinking, I'll do a couple of years here and head to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, uh, a place in Minnesota needed an English teacher who could coach cross-country. I had 15 years' experience, a master's degree, and three straight state championships. And I got a letter from him in June telling me the position had been filled. But by that time, I had signed at Marquette anyway. But day three in my experience at Marquette, I was walking down the hall right in front of 110. And I thought, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. I knew that was the place I belonged. So, so I stayed there for 39 years. Wow. What, what was it... Um I want to get to Marquette in a second, but what was it about when you started doing the student teaching where you said, uh, this was for you? What was the... Oh, I just loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Dealing with the kids, you know? It was just terrific. Yeah. It really was. And then at, at Marquette, why why did... And this, again, for those listening, Marquette High, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, why did you feel like that school, uh, that was the place you were going to stay for? Well, um, the atmosphere... Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, one of the people who interviewed me asked me why I was leaving university school, and I gave him several reasons. And the last one was the aura of materialism out there was just more than I wanted to deal with anymore. Mm. And he said, well, you're going to see the same thing here. And I said, I wasn't in your building three minutes this morning, and I knew I wasn't going to see the same thing here. And I never did. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the atmosphere of that place is so healthy, and you can just feel it right away. I mean, kids grow up there, mm -hmm. and uh, they get a good education, obviously, better than a good education, and uh, they just learn to be men in that mm -hmm. place. I mean, this. Slogan of men for men for others is no joke. Yeah, 
and it's an all boys school for yes. anyone listening who's yes. like, well, why not the women? Well, it's yeah, an all well, boys school. So. <laughs> aren't any. Yeah. Um, and w- when you first got there, what uh, what were you teaching initially? Uh, sophomore. Well, I was teaching sophomore, junior, and senior English. And I was teaching electives. They weren't mine. But uh, they were good, you know. And eventually I started developing my own electives. Mm-hmm. So, and they turned out to be great. Yeah, I did. And that was that where you, uh, was it at Marquette that you first developed uh, American Hero? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now, like, pulling it back, uh, you retired uh, from Marquette in what year? 80. Well, 2018. 2000. There, there's Nate in there somewhere. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and what was it like leaving uh, the school you had spent 39 years at? Um, was it e- an easy time to say it's time to go, or was it tough? It was not. Yeah. In fact, they they offered me a buyout because they were offering it to everybody over 65 who was in the building, and they made it sound like it was really critical to the school, so I thought about it for a couple of days and took it. And the administrator seemed shocked. Oh, really? <laughs> so I would have stayed for a year or two anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, do you regret leaving when you did, or? I still dream about teaching. Do you? <laughs> yes, I do. Wow. That's, um, uh, you ever, Go back and sub over there. I sub at Divine Savior, mm-hmm. which is an all-girls school. And people tell me, well, you're going to have to change your style over there. I never did. <laughs> Those girls are great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where Andy, my, my brother, teaches yeah. over there. So. Yes. Um, like there are a number of Market High guys teaching there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a great school, too. Well, over the years, too, as you teach these different generations, um, how how did teaching change for you, if at all, with how culture has changed over the years? I don't think it has. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anything has changed at all. Well, it's interesting, too, because uh, sort of what you're teaching, uh, again, going back to Hero with a Thousand Faces, it... it takes a look at like western storytelling since the beginning of western storytelling and uh it really hasn't changed much in terms of the structure so it kind of makes sense that you know your style would uh remain the same yeah if when you watch uh um movies coming out today or seeing media come out today how, how do you think of it from like uh your perspective uh as as a teacher well, um, I'm always looking at the Cosmetic Cycle, you know, when I see a brand new movie. I don't really the first time, but the second time I start looking at it from that particular perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nothing different. I mean, it's been like that for ages, and it's going to be like that for ages. It's not going to change. Mm-hmm. That's the human way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on... Um teaching especially at the high school level in um in milwaukee as it pertains to public schools and and private schools 
And I feel like, um, you know, teachers all this, uh, they, they got a tough job. Uh, sometimes they get a bad rap. Um, what sort of, uh, especially if you're listening to, uh, uh, to certain radio shows on, you know, they kind of hammer on the teachers quite a bit. Do you, do you think that's a fair thing for people to go after or what's like the inside world of a teacher? Well, I don't think they should be going after teachers unless they've experienced the job. Mm -hmm. I mean, in some cases, I suppose it's fair, but not the way they're doing it today. Mm -hmm. And some of the things they don't want taught need to be taught. Come on. I mean, you know, you want to talk about race? Mm-hmm. Please. That's one of the backbones of this country is the whole racial thing. Mm-hmm. And it still is. It hasn't changed. Well, it's changed a bit, but it hasn't really changed. Yeah. I yeah. mean, do we have a black neighborhood in this town? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yes. It's necessary to teach that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely necessary. I don't know why. It's like people feel guilty about it or something, but it's got to be done. Like a friend of mine read uh, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, and he said he just felt guilty. He said, you weren't there. It had nothing to do with you. But a lot of people do feel that way. <clears throat> I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, actually another um, cool thing that you did at Marquette High was uh, you had a really tight association with, um, was it the, ba- which reservation was it that you guys went to? Uh, the Cheyenne River in South Dakota. Cheyenne River in South Dakota. And yeah. what was that trip and why was it so important to you? Well, it was organized as a service trip to uh, help at a serv- at a youth center out there. And uh, when the kids were there, which was only a couple hours a day, the guys would work with the kids. They would uh, play games. They would do crafts and uh, things of that sort. And the rest of the time, they would work. Rearranging the warehouse was one thing they did every single day. In fact, they waited for us to get there to get that warehouse fixed. And uh, they worked in the garden, which was a major uh, industry out there. Um, Marquette High was important to the youth center at, at Cheyenne River. It was a tragedy when they decided not to... Uh, have that trip anymore. Oh, when, when did uh, that trip end? Uh, about 2016, 17, somewhere in that neighborhood. I could go on and on and about that, but I've never forgiven those people. Oh, for ending Ax- the trip? Axing the trip, yeah. There was no reason to. I mean, we had more kids than we could use most of the time. Had to uh, cut it down, and I never had trouble getting drivers. Mm-hmm. So. Well, why'd they get rid of it? I don't know. Yeah. It was a theology department. We were so important to those people, 
that the year that they decided not to have it anymore, the director of the youth center and her assistant considered flying to Milwaukee, driving the kids out, driving the kids back, and then flying back to Rapid City. Mm. Uh, do you think there's hope that they'll bring it back? I don't think so. I hope so, but I don't think so. Is that a frustrating thing as a teacher, uh, sort of uh, administration stuff out of out of your control? Yeah, that was really the uh, theology department. Mm-hmm. And the uh, irony is only two of them ever went. And they use the term, you know, we got families, you know. You didn't go. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, I took that thing over and had it for 17 years. I went out there twice a year for 17 years. And occasionally somebody on the theology department would go. But that was a travesty. Well, when you did, <clears throat> when you did go out there, um, <clears throat> can you explain the difference in culture that uh, the kids experienced out there versus well, in Milwaukee? the number one thing was poverty. I mean, it was just, they're just poor out there. You would see trailers, you know, that were homes for people. And instead of windows, they would have uh, insulation up in the window area. Where the you know, and stuff like that. I mean, it was just. But everybody was very friendly, mm-hmm. very welcoming. And do you think the kids that you took um, sort of saw? I mean, you brought it up in relation to um, you know teaching about race in America, and obviously America has a complicated history with the Native Americans, and and always has and um but it it brings up the uh the guilt uh that some people feel when they do this but also the hope and what could be with um you know realizing that you have what others may not and sharing what you have uh, yeah i mean i mean they got to interact with people you know and that's number one i think in terms of sewing up relationships you know if it's always separated well good luck mm-hmm. but you know once you start to interact with people you find out they're people mm-hmm. and uh they got to do that and there were a lot of people out there very very appreciative of the fact that we were coming out and they made that known to the kids some of the people came in <laughs> We had some holy people coming in sometimes and explaining the uh, the um, religiosity of the Lakota people. And uh, it was an eye-opener for the kids. I mean, one time this guy, Harry Charger, came in and uh, he said that they feel that when people die, they go to the spirit world. And somebody asked him, well, what about bad people? He said, well, we don't make those judgments. He said, uh, the devil is your invention. You can keep him. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty profound. Yeah.
Hey everybody, excuse this brief interruption from the Cripes Cast. I just want to thank our sponsors, starting with Jolly Good Soda, the title sponsor for the Cripes Cast. Jolly Good, if you're looking for a refreshing soda this summer, just check out Jolly Good Soda. Sold in Wisconsin, but you can buy them all around the nation at jollygoodsoda.com. I'd also like to thank Duluth Trading Company. I recently got a chance to go to their headquarters over in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. And uh, I, honestly, it was really cool. The, the coolest part of going to those headquarters is they've got a wall uh, where a bunch of people sending letters to say how much they, they love their clothes and actually give different ideas for how they could design their clothes. And then Duluth actually took those ideas and made their clothes better based on um, customer interaction. So I, I just think if you want a brand that really uh, loves its customer as much as the customer loves the brand, check out Duluth Trading, uh, DuluthTrading.com. And finally, if you're looking for the best way to support this podcast, just head over to CripesCast.com, click on the merch section, and you can buy a bunch of different Midwest merch, whether it's stuff that says keep her moving, or Ope, or tell your folks I says hi, or uh, we're coming out with a Midwest goodbye shirt. So it's, it's all coming out. Uh, we got koozies and t-shirts and and, and uh, tackle boxes uh, with lures, MEPS lures made over there in Anago, Wisconsin, and a bunch of other stuff. And of course, my book, The Midwest Survival Guide. It's all up there, cripescast.com. Check it out. Alrighty, back to the Cripescast. Do you have any st- other stories kind of like that one that stick out uh, in your time well, over there? Well, there was this guy came every single year. Every time we went out there, Ray Dupree, and Ray was a character. He lived 40 miles out on the prairie, and his cars never worked. So oftentimes he would walk into town if he couldn't get a ride. And he made these. And so we uh, budgeted every year. What, what is that? Uh... It's, uh, this is elk bone, elk antler. And uh, each one means something. So this is a turtle. They're always in the four sacred colors, a red, black, yellow, and, and uh, white. Um, and this is a turtle, and that means healing. And this is a spotted bear. It's in bear tracks. Mm. And the bear is a totem for peace and strength. Mm. So uh, he would uh, sell these, these kind of things to the kids, and he would explain to everyone what it meant. Well, he wouldn't really sell them because we budgeted the money and made sure everybody got one, you know, so there was no problem with people being broke or something like that. Yeah. But uh, he would talk to the kids and oftentimes would lapse into a Lakota yeah. and... It was fine for our kids, but one year there was a group of German kids out there, and when he did that, they were absolutely confused. They had no idea what he was doing. (laughs) But he had great stories. I asked him one time. He had um, died at one point, flatlined, and he came back, and he talked about that every single time. And finally, I asked him, I said, Ray, uh, did you see anybody when you were out? He said, yeah, there was this big guy with his arms crossed, and my grandmother was peeking around behind him and going like this, letting me know it wasn't my time yet. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So we had all kinds of stories like that. 
Yeah. He was popular with the kids, to say the least. Well, I like how he sold um, those and kind of gave the story of what they meant, uh, you know. Yeah. Yep. Everything had a meaning. So another trip that you are uh, very famous for at uh, Marquette High's Irish Adventure which is one I was lucky enough to go on. I remember uh, I'd got, done lawn mowing since I was a kid and used pretty much all that money to go on Irish Adventure. <laughs> oh, really? Which was a uh, great, great experience. Um, it Basically, you take uh, sophomores and juniors uh, over to Ireland for uh, not just flying to Dublin and spend the time there. We went all around um the island and it was uh incredible learning about culture all the way um i was also uh 18 at that point which just so happened to be the legal drinking age so that was very fun too uh (laughs) why was that trip so important for you to do well it started with going out west and uh we'd go to the black hills we'd go to yellowstone once we went to banff and we went to uh, Glacier, and um, the big uh, little Bighorn, you yep. know. And then one time, my wife said, "Why don't you talk to John Gleason and take kids to Ireland?" And I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> But I did, and of course it was a very popular trip. I mean, there were times we couldn't fill it. Uh, we could, uh, we had a uh, waiting list, but uh, I just love Ireland. I mean, I never went until I was uh, 50. And uh, Brendan went too, my youngest son at 13. And uh, his comment on the whole thing, when my wife asked him when we got back, what would you think of the trip? He said, well, it would have been a lot better if it wouldn't have been with you guys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it was just, it's just a, a land of culture. And there is so much to it. There's a whole lot of similarity between the Irish culture and Lakota culture. Mm-hmm. They're very, very similar. And everything means something. And, of course, you got a guy like John Gleason, who was born there and grew up there before he moved to Milwaukee. And you can't go wrong. I mean, there were bus drivers who were just in awe. And they see how many of these guys a year at what he knew and of course, sometimes he just made stuff up too. But uh, <laughs> somebody asked him one time, he never drove. Somebody asked him one time, Mr. Gleason, why are there uh, in some places two yellow lines along the curb and in some places one? And he hesitated, so I knew he didn't know. <laughs> and eventually he said, well, If there's one yellow line, you can't bark there at all. If there's two yellow lines, you can't bark there at all at all. (laughs) And a couple weeks later, I was over there with a bunch of adults, and somebody asked the same question. So I started that story, and the bus driver stopped me immediately. (laughs) 
So that's not it. And we said, what is it? Well, there's two, one yellow line, you can't park there during business hours. Two, you can't park there anytime. I said, well, mine's a better story. And he said, well, let's hear it. And I told it. And a year later, bus driver told us that story. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That actually, yeah. uh, that brings up, uh, you know, that idea of uh, storytelling and of, um sort of truth you know and how sometimes um not every story is true but every uh story has truth kind of, what, what's your thought well yeah that? not every story is factual yeah yeah it's the old the old adage you never let the truth get in, in the way of a good story right you know but uh yeah i mean it's true every everything has meaning you know and you can gain something from the story regardless of its, well, look at the Bible. Yeah. For example, you know. So, I mean, I grew up telling stories. You know, I've been about my profession telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was half of, half of uh, class. Yeah, know, it was. was. <laughs> uh, your story. Do you, what's, your, what's your go-to story uh, at the bar? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I have a single story, but uh, there's one lady walking down the street in Dublin with her six-year-old, and they run into the parish priest. The priest said, oh, Mary, and how are you? I said, I'm doing fine, Father. How's yourself? He says, I'm doing very well. I said, I was a little one. He said, oh, she's doing splendidly. In fact, she's learning her prayers. Learning her prayers, is she? Yeah, come on, Brady. Say the Hail Mary for the Father. So the kid says, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. So, oh, Brady, how many times have I told you? It's Jesus when you're praying. It's Jesus when you're cursing. <laughs> That's a solid one. Yeah, that should be your go-to bar one. If I've it's told not. that one in Ireland. <laughs> if you had to give your, um, like you know, you got Oprah's book club, right? If you had to give your top five books that you would recommend anybody to read at any stage of their life, what would those be? Well, Huckleberry Finn. I'd say Ulysses, but you qualified that. <laughs> Can't read that at any stage of your life. <laughs> um, I think Legs by William Kennedy is a very good book. Um, I would stick to Twain. Hero in King Arthur's Court, the Connecticut man in King Arthur's Court. Um... What else? Well, I think you have to include Hero with a Thousand Faces. Well, that, yeah, yeah, but that's pretty much a mentor, <laughs> you know, mine there. Um, well, Faulkner, mm -hmm. but there again, it's somebody that's mature. I think Light in August is one of the best books ever written. I mean, he's well known for The Sound and the Fury, but I would go with Light in August over that. Mm-hmm. And there's another book, you know, that like Huckleberry Finn, two of the great books against racism written by white Southerners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what, what um, you know, you look to about uh, 
representation in in the books you choose and and who writes them and everything and um you know do you find that the message is more powerful coming from someone who experienced it firsthand or um or sort of a second hand in the way that well it depends on the writer you know Mm -hmm. uh there's another very good book i introduced it to one of my book clubs they didn't like it at all but i used to teach it to sophomores uh, the King Must Die by Mary Renault, and it was a novelized version of the Theseus myth. And it's very, very good. And uh, worth reading. But they don't read that kind of stuff, those guys. <laughs> In fact, that hell of a book over there is their, their style, and it's not very good. I see a Bob Dylan book over there, too. Yeah. These are the books I haven't not yet read, <laughs> except for that one. All the ones I've read are up on the shelves. And I'm out of room in here, and I'm out of room upstairs and downstairs. What, um, Bob Dylan, you, you mentioned him, and you talked about him growing up, grew up in your uh, hometown. What about uh, his music and uh, sort of his writing style did you uh, gravitate toward? Well, when I was at St. John's, my brother was there for a couple years as well, and they had a little record store, and he and a kid next door came over with Dylan's first album. And they bought it only because it said on the cover that uh, he was from Hibbing. They thought the picture was goofy. They thought the sound was goofy. I listened to it. I thought the same. And then I found myself walking around campus singing the songs. Hmm. And that kind of hooked me on him. I was hooked almost immediately. And uh, since then, I bought every single album he's made, including all of the bootlegs. That's a lot of albums. It is a lot of albums. Yeah. So. TBD if you have more books or Bob Dylan albums in your house. Cause well, I'd say I have more bit. books, but. <clears throat> hey. Nice pooch. Um, okay. Wants more pets. You know, you give you pet a dog once. Yeah, I know. They, they're they not leaving. And they he, know they found is, a sucker. He is particularly friendly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. So those, but did, did I cut you off on the books, though? Were there more that uh, you wanted to toss uh, in there? Well, it's hard to pick them out. Yeah, um, I know. That's kind of the uh, impossible task. Let me think. The very, very good book called Educated. It's a modern book. What is her name? Do you know? Yes, Westover. Yes, it's very, very good. Um, oh, there are just so many. I mean, Shakespeare, for example, you can't go wrong with him. I mean, some of the plays you can, but some, most of them are really good. The tragedies, anyway. Um, Chaucer. I never got tired of reading him. And so what about for uh, those who, you know, this day, these days, there are so many uh, different ways to consume 
content, whether it be movies or TikToks or uh, on the phone, whatever. What is the defense of a good book in an age when there's so many other ways to consume media? Well, I think a book is going to stay with you as well as anything does. I mean, it gets into your head and stays there if it's a really good book. And you read it again and again. It's kind of like watching The Sopranos over and over, you know? <laughs> you read it again and again and again and it never gets old. I've got a number of books like that. I mean, the books I taught, I never stopped reading. They're just that good. So, I mean, you really get grabbed by something. It touches you where you ought to be touched. Is there uh, advice that you would have for um, someone starting up in the, the teaching world at maybe a time where it's not the easiest to be a teacher? Um, not sure if they should enter it. What, what, what's your advice? For I would teachers? say, number one, get to know the kids. Make sure you know who they are. And that's not difficult to do. And if you get to know them, they want to know you. And I think that's probably number one. And then you can continue with their uh, uh, with the teaching. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you break through? How do you get to know uh, a kid? Well, I would say the first time you take a role. What I would do is read the name and then look at the kid for a bit and then go on to the next one and make sure I had the pronunciation right, mm -hmm. you know? But I would make eye contact immediately with the kid when I read the, read the role the first time. So, and ask questions. It's easy enough. Yeah. Um, that just made me think of, something we're getting toward the end here but um were, were there any um stories of students that were particularly tough to get through to but you you found a way to do it well one one story i've never forgotten i was at washington and they had the classes tracked and if you taught in english if you taught two classes slow learners you get your pick of the other three and the thing is, I like teaching slow learners. So I picked two of those, and I taught accelerated seniors for the other three. And one day, this big hunk of a kid kind of was hanging around the desk. And I asked him to go sit down. He was kind of surly. And my first impulse was to go off on the kid. But then I thought to myself, no, he doesn't act like that. So I got the class sit and settle down, and I said to him, uh, let's go out in the hall. And I said, what's going on? And he said, well, he had a girl that he was interested in. She wasn't interested in him, but mm -hmm. she was hooked on drugs. And he and a couple of his friends went down and beat up the pusher and got arrested. And he was in a dilemma in that respect. 
And so we talked for a while, and I thought, oh, my God. Thank God I didn't go off on this kid. Yeah. Something just told me, you know, he is not that way. I mean, stop to think, you know what I mean? Although some kids just are nasty because they want to be. Stop it. <laughs> That's uh, right. You, your initial reaction is to do yeah. something and then take a minute and yep. take a beat. That taught me a lot. Yeah. Right there. Is there anything I uh, didn't ask you here that you're like, uh, shoot, you should have asked me this? Well, I can't think of anything offhand. It'll come to you, you know, tonight Yeah, of course something. it will. Yeah, as it'll come to me. It always does yeah. that. You have an interview and you're like, shoot. Yeah. Done that. But I think we got some uh, some good stuff in there. Yeah. Thanks for sitting Well, I'm glad we talking. did it. Yeah, it was fun. Yes. All right, and that is it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast. Uh, I tell you to follow Jim somewhere on social media, but, uh, you know, he's not on Instagram. He's got uh, much more important stuff to do with his life. So God bless him for that, and a big thanks for him to coming on. And uh, I hope all of you uh, get out there and check out A Hero with a Thousand Faces. Read it, enjoy it, and maybe some of the other books uh, Jim mentioned in this podcast. All right, that is it for this week. Make sure you follow Speaking of not caring about Instagram, make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and all that. It's at Cast across all platforms. Leave us a message. Leave us a comment. Let us know if you got someone you want us to interview. Love hearing from you. You guys make this show great. Thank you all. Keep her moving. Watch for deer. Tell your folks I says hi. Bye-bye. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin, the Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving. <laughs>